the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. podcast how are you i am nick digilio i am your host for the nick t podcast episode number 183 for a friday coming up on the podcast my special guest is the one the only the lovely amy guth uh you can hear her podcast the daily gist podcast uh cranes chicago business uh i used to work with her at uh, wgn the old uh you know the old uh, uh car wash as we call it um, uh, she's a terrific writer, worked for the Tribune, um, a great filmmaker now, um, who has written a bunch of scripts and done a whole bunch of amazing things. And she's been on the road, making movies, selling movies, writing scripts, producing stuff, having a lot of adventures on the West coast, especially in LA. And she's going to tell us about her latest, a uh, fascinating, funny, incredibly talented woman, always a fantastic guest. Amy Guth is my special guest on the podcast today. Esmeralda Leon is always my special guest. She's my co-host. She will be here a little bit later on. We're going to talk a little bit more about celebrity rumors. And it is, it's October. So it's Halloween time, which means every episode this entire month will be tinged with some horror. We'll be a little bit scary. We'll we'll talk about Halloween-y kind of things and listen to some scary stuff and sound effects and things like that. We will get you in the mood for all things horror. It's the best holiday of the year without question. The only holiday, in my opinion, that really, really matters is Halloween. So we will embrace some Halloween stuff as part of our conversations, and that'll be with Esmeralda Leon. And uh, that's all coming up right here on the podcast. You want to be a part of this podcast? We want you to be a part of it. We want to hear from you. We want your contributions. We encourage you to call us, to email us anytime you want. You are a part of this, and we want you to be a part of it. Uh, officially. So leave your voicemails. 24-7, there's a voicemail system that's wide open, and I want you to call it. We want you to leave messages. We want you to say whatever you want to say, whenever you want to say it, 24-7. Leave those voicemails and those contributions now. 773-417-6948. Mark it down. Write it down. Email us as well. NickDPodcast at gmail.com with your contributions, your, your comments, any of that stuff. Call us, email us. We want to hear from you. And if you want to be a sponsor, and we got sponsors coming up here on the podcast. Uh, a lot of people listen to this podcast, I'm telling you right now. So if you got a product, you want to advertise with us, you want to be a sponsor, you want to do something like that, it'll help out. Trust me. And you can do it. Be a sponsor. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Say, I have uh, something I want to advertise on the Nick T podcast. A lot of people will hear it. Sales at RadioMisfits.com. Voicemail system, 773-417-6948 for any comments. Email nickdpodcast at gmail.com. Jason Skaggs, he does all the music. He does all the themes. He does all the sounds. He's a weirdo, and I love him very much. Ed Silla and everybody at Radio Misfits, we couldn't do it without Ed. 
Uh, please take the time to share, like us, rate and review us on every single platform and check us out and check out all the other podcasts that are at RadioMisfits.com. And we have a 24-hour streaming service. It's just like radio, only a lot cooler. You can hear unheard music from unsigned bands from the Unheard Music Show. Great music, 24-7 plus. Incredible episodes of the informative and varied and entertaining and funny and great podcasts that you can find at Radio Misfits. All of that is live streaming 24-7 at radiomisfits.live. You can hear this podcast daily at 3 p.m., and you can hear my other podcast, That Show Hasn't Been Funny in Years, the SNL podcast, daily at 9 a.m. So my podcasts get played, and every other podcast get played, and it's like a radio station, like I said, only cooler with incredible music. Radiomisfits.live, get in there right now. Hey, you want to be a part of this podcast? Well, how about being a part of this podcast live? Let's pack the place. Tuesday, October 24th, at Zany's in Rosemont, one of the greatest comedy clubs in the country, we are doing another live broadcast. It is the Nick D Podcast Live. It'll be me on stage hosting. My co-host will be Esmeralda Leon. We're going to talk horror. We're going to talk comedy. We are going to give away some Halloween weird-ass candy. we got some trivia questions where we're going to be giving away prizes. The greatest restaurant in the world, the Gale Street Inn, has supplied us with some dinners to give away. And Apt Electronics has given us some great gift cards to give away as well. And you're going to be there, and it's going to be great. You'll be a part of the recording of a live podcast. Uh, you'll be in the audience, and we'll hang out and talk. And, you know, we're going to ask you questions. It's interactive. It's fun. You will laugh your ass off. You will have the best time ever. Please bring your friends. Bring your relatives. Pack the place. We want to have a great time. We want to pack zanies and, uh, and, 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 you know, continue to do this on a semi-regular basis. The show is at 730 at Rosemont. Uh, Zanies and Rosemount on Tuesday, October 24th. Nick D Podcast Live. Me, Esmeralda. My dad is going to close the show. My 82-year-old dad is going to get up on stage and tell jokes. If that's not enough to get your ass to Rosemount and, uh, to, to see us at Zanies, then I don't know what will. But my dad's going to close the show when he rules. You can see him live. And our special guest that night is the wonderful, the amazing, the talented, the incredible broadcast legend, Andrea Darlis. That's right. I used to work with her at the car wash uh, over at WGN. She's from television. She's done news. She's done everything. She is a contributor uh, to the Steve Cochran Morning Show that you can hear every morning from 5.30 a.m. to 9 a.m. on WLS, The Big 89. And uh, I'm, I participate on that show. You can hear me every other Friday on that show. And Andrea and I go way back. She's a fascinating, amazing woman with incredible broadcast stories. She's funny as hell and wonderful. And she's going to be there live. If you're a fan of Andrea's, you have to be there. You'll meet her. We can all hang out. So it's going to be interactive. It's going to be hilarious. It'll be a night of comedy. It'll be spectacular. And it's all going to be part of a live recording of the Nick D Podcast Live. Me, Esmeralda, Andrea Dallas, my dad telling jokes, giving away a bunch of incredible prizes, talking about scary stuff and Halloween. It's going to be great. You got to be there one night only, one night only, which means you got to get your ass now to the website at rosemont.zanies.com. Rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now for the Nick D Podcast Live Tuesday, October 24th. Let's pack the place. It starts at 730. Box office at 847-813-0484. So get your tickets now for Tuesday, October 24th, the Nick D Podcast Live. It's going to be a great night and you must be there. It's going to be spectacular. God, I can't wait. And Andrea, man, she's just so amazing. So anyway, a great night. You need to be there live. Get your tickets now. Rosemont.zanies.com, the Nick D podcast, 730, Tuesday, October 24th. It's going to be a great night. Uh-oh. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. I know you do, baby. Well, Carrie can't be there. She's going to be uh, just taking care of business here. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, making and sure I love Nick's show. Everything is okay on the homestead. So we will see you on Tuesday, October 24th, for the Nick D Podcast, live at Zanies and Rosemont. Get your tickets now. 
Amy Guth. She's lovely. She's amazing. She's hilarious. She's awesome. She's going to be joining me in just a couple of seconds. But first, hey there. Are you tired of that same old, the same old stories? Well, buckle up because Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Yeah, that's right. Brian Alaspa's Devoured is about to take you on a wild ride. St. Louis is teetering on the edge with riots, unrest, and the mayor's downright stubborn insistence that the 4th of July must go on. But don't tell that to public safety manager Logan Field. He's got problems bigger than the most overcooked barbecue. With a deadly attack, a missing boy, and mysterious events that make your Aunt Sally's ghost stories look like a fairy tale, something sinister is brewing in the city. Logan's at his wit's end. The only help he can find is a struggling hunter and a professor who's a whiz with ancient evils. It sounds like the start of a bad joke, right? But there's nothing funny about what's awakening in St. Louis. So join the race against time as this unlikely trio faces down an evil as old as time itself. Think your commute's tough? Try saving a city from being, you guessed it, devoured. Brian Alaspa's Devoured will have you laughing and gasping and frantically flipping pages. So grab some popcorn, turn down those lights, and dive into a world where saving the city just might be the craziest 4th of July ever, and trust us, it's more exciting than a sparkler, and the only thing that might get burned is the midnight oil as you read till dawn. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Thrilling, chilling, and the perfect way to spice up your summer. It's available now in paperback for Kindle exclusively through Amazon.com. Brian Alaspa's Devoured. Congratulations. You're about to listen to the Nick D Podcast. It's by far the best decision you've made today. It makes the other podcasts seem like crap. Oh yeah, don't be a jackal. I always, I always, I'm telling you, Amy, every single time I just feel like, okay, it's time to drop some Molly. Uh, Completely. Every time. time Yep. Cue the glow necklaces. We're doing this. (laughs) Exactly. Where's the, but I love uh, it. You like, you can't not do a little dance in your chair when you, when you hear that song. That's the amazing Jason Skaggs. You know, Jason, uh, good old Skaggs. He's an amazing dude. Does all the themes and the sounds and all that cool stuff for us here. Uh, it's the lovely Amy Guth, as I've always called you. Uh, how are you, Amy? I'm well. How are you, Nick? I'm not bad. It's always great to hear from you. Um, uh, out there in the, you're still out there in the in, in La La Land, as they call it. Correct. That's right. I, yeah. That's right. I still am making uh, movies. I, and, yeah, and yeah, doing all do, the things. Doing all the things, and you're still doing the Crane Chicago business. Uh, a, I am a daily gist podcast. Before we get into all the crazy shit that you've been doing over the past month out there in LA and working in the world. Uh, tell us about Daily Gist and how people can hear it and what's up, uh, what's going yeah. on there. Uh, so Crane's Daily Gist is a, a podcast that I do for Crane's Chicago Business. And it's kind of a, a quick rundown of here's some top business stories that you need in Chicago today. Mm-hmm. There's a car drag racing outside of my window right now. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's L.A. It's L.A., man. We're g- you're putting us right in the You're giving us the feel of L.A. right now. That's right. Yeah. I'm giving you some room sound right now. It's uh, like sense around. We're in sense around today. Totally. Yeah. Uh, but it's the kind of the top business stories that you need in Chicago. And then I, I interview generally a journalist from Crane's newsroom, but sometimes a business leader or uh, an actor 
academic yeah. that's uh, doing research on something to to kind of shed some light on on a news issue. And so that's uh, that's weekdays on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or you know wherever people get their their audio. Daily Gist podcast. Uh, Amy does a great job with that, and you work with one of my favorite people, the wonderful Todd Manley. Um, always yes, love to give, always Todd- love to give him a shout out. I love him. Oh, absolutely. Todd is my partner in crime on that. And we we work together every day. And, you know, we've known each other so long and worked together for so long. We we almost like communicate telepathically at this point. <laughs> you yeah. know, we like we, you know, two words and we, and he knows where I'm going with something already, yeah. you know, so yeah. um, we work together really well and, and have a really fun time working on that. And, and, you know, he's so creative. Like, I love it when when we're able to get like press conference audio or something like that. You know, one one episode in recent memory that he did that was so cool. We uh, we talked with um, with Steve Daniels and he had been reporting on the, the trial of the ComEd 4 and uh, we got all of that wiretap audio that was played in the courtroom and oh. and Todd kind of interlaced it between the conversation that I had with Steve. And it was just such a standout episode because it was it kind of took you in the courtroom as, as Steve was talking about it. And so it's like, you know, he does creative, cool stuff like that. That's just yeah. so fun. Yeah, he's a brilliant dude. He really is. And also was totally. integral, in, integral in getting me the overnight gig uh, at GN after years of part time stuff. So I, I've always owed him a great uh, a great deal. And uh, always great to hear about Todd and you guys working together. So awesome. So make sure you check out the Daily Just uh, podcast, uh, Crane's business. All right, cool. And we're, well, and we're closing in on our three millionth, uh, three millionth download, which is cool. A cool milestone. Wow, that'll, be, that's... that'll be hopefully next month, unless suddenly no one listens in the ne- over October. <laughs> but uh, in theory, we hit that milestone in November, which will be cool. Wow. How long have you, how long have you been doing? Three million uh, downloads. How long have you been doing that? We started it the first week of March in 2019, and so it, it's been an interesting kind of um, path to follow because it was right at the time when the Boeing plane was grounded after that second crash. Um, and so like the, the whole story of, of the Boeing plane being grounded was such a, a long through line on the podcast, and then it became about the travel industry grounded for because oh, of the pandemic yeah, and then yeah. like now it's travel recovery and uh you know just just in like this week i reported about how um um how boeing just bought a bunch of planes because they're really doubling down and kind of use the pandemic as a time to reimagine the airline so it's just kind of been interesting like how the aviation industry has figured through the entire thing all these years of doing the podcast which is kind of a cool cool you know, little thing to follow Here's a movie that I I, I, I don't know if I, I if I if I've asked it's, it's it's a new film but here's one that I really think you should see and in fact I think it's one of the best movies of the year um, from this point of view um, uh, are you familiar with the movie Dumb Money? Yes. Um, it's the I have new, not seen it though. It's Amy, you got to see it. Uh, I, okay. I literally I've seen I've seen it twice now, um, and I loved it the first time and the second time I saw it. It jumped up like you know very much into like the top five films I've seen all year. Um, wow! Incredibly okay. entertaining, and it's about the whole GameStop uh, 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 stock thing that happened oh, during during the pandemic. Um, and it is remarkable, like really, really beautifully told, very funny, rooting for the underdog, and it's about you know during that whole GameStop thing where yeah. like. The you know the 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 underdog took on Wall Street and fucking took him down, and yeah. uh, and knocked him down a peg. And it's a, it's a great movie with an incredible cast and Paul Dano and and Pete Davidson is 
hilarious and great in the movie. Nick Offerman is in it. Seth Rogen is in it. It is wow, okay. an incredible cast um, and a great story. And I think because uh, you've been covering this shit, you know, closely at mm-hmm. Cranes for so many years, I'm telling you the way they tell this story and the way that they, one of the things that's really amazing, Amy, is that they recapture or really bring you back to the lockdown time. Mm. Um, that whole feel with the masks and doing this and trying to work and all that stuff. And they really capture that and how everybody was under the grip of this horrible thing and people were just trying to get by. And that's what the movie is ultimately about. And it also tells an incredibly uh, captivating uh, story about, you know, stocks without getting lost in it. Like it was, it made me, it made me, you know, um, after I watched it, I loved it. And it made me hate Adam McKay even more. Interesting. Um, because <laughs> because yeah. of how goddamn good this movie is without being, you know, uh, over the top and, and preachy. Right. Um, or ha- yeah. like or not having to have a lot of knowledge about yeah. about trading and, and how that all works. It's and it's I, I, I seriously the second time I was like, you know what? This goddamn thing is one of the best movies of the year. And it and I remember, you know, the first time I watched the first time I saw it and it's, it's only been out about a month. And the first time I saw it, mm-hmm. I was incredibly thoroughly entertained by it and thought it was just fantastic. And then the second time I'm like, no, fuck it. This movie's important and people need to mm. see it. So, so you got to check it out, Amy. Dumb money. Um, I will. It's, I'm sure it's probably playing right down the street from where you, <laughs> where you are right now. Well, there's 12 billboards for it every direction I can drive. So, <laughs> yeah. So are you, are you getting used to, you've been out, you've been out in, in, in how long you've been out in LA now? Like, like proper, you've been there for a while now, staying kind uh, of, I got kind there, of there, right? Yeah. I, I got there in June. I got mm-hmm. here in June. So yeah, it's been a minute. Um, I'm in a weird phase of it right now where I'm like, okay, my my Chicago brain tells me I should be freezing by now. Yeah. But it's 82 degrees outside, so I don't understand. Well, what, like I, it, I I've been like waking up, going, how do I get dressed today? Well, but then I look at it, actually the other day it was like 72 here, but it was like 87 in Chicago. I was so just gonna knows? say. I was just gonna say, Amy. Until today, today. It's the first day that we're going to have some proper fall weather because it's been absurd. The last week has just been – and I, I, I tell you this. You know, you know me, Amy, lifelong Chicagoan. Um, and I – fall is my favorite time of year, and we don't get a proper mm-hmm. fall in this goddamn city because it goes yeah. from 90 above to 80 below, and that's it. Yeah, that's and, right. <laughs> and, and so it was like until yesterday, it was like – I was wearing shorts. I went to like three screenings yesterday in shorts. On, hmm. you know, October, whatever, 4th or 3rd or whatever yeah. the hell it was. It's ridiculous. But hmm. anyway. But see, so you're, so you're going to get weirder. It's only going to get weirder is right. Uh, so uh, L.A. out there working on stuff, uh, looking at the billboards. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you have you have you, you know, have you gotten into an L.A. vibe at all? Or you, do you find yourself being L.A. like? No, I don't think <laughs> I am. <laughs> I don't think I've got that in me. I don't think so um, either. I don't think so either. Um, yeah, I can't say that I do, but I also kind of don't know what that is because it's, it's, um, was it Norman Mailer that said Los Angeles is a bunch of suburbs in search of a city, right? Yeah. There is no one vibe because every area feels completely different and, Mm. um, you'll like go up a hill and you're like, well, this is a completely different. And I keep naming it to myself as oh, this feels like Seattle. Oh, this part feels like Miami. Huh, this neighborhood feels like Tel Aviv. This feels like this. And I keep naming it that way to myself, but I haven't really found, like, what is the thing? Um, The only thing I've zeroed in on that I would say kind of works for the whole city is that casual dressing is a different level. 
example here. So there's like, if you go to the store in shorts and a t-shirt in Chicago, it's because you grabbed those first and they were clean or, or not, or you grab them out of the laundry, whatever. Like it's, yeah. it's more utilitarian where right. it's even shorts and a t-shirt here. It seems like it's a little more dressy uppy. It's planned. So like I, yeah, it's planned. Yeah. Right. So I feel like, like I've had to st- step up my casual game a oh, little bit I see. here. I yeah. see. Yeah. Well, but you always dress well though. You always look great. I don't, uh, you know, Thank you. I think you would fit right in. The thing is, it's like, so it's like, yeah, shit, I got to go to target. So in LA, it takes you half an hour to get ready just to go to fucking target. Right. Yeah, I don't have that kind of patience, but but I notice it. It's like, oh, I'm definitely the worst dressed person here. Okay, I should step up my game. Well, yeah. All right. Well, uh, so getting used to that kind of stuff and also uh, working in the biz as you are. We've talked about your uh, your Elvis movie. Um, That's right. And, and uh, let's let's start off with that. Let's start off with what's what's happening with that lady. What's the pro- lately? What's the progress with that film festivals? What's going on with the Elvis film? Yeah, so since we last spoke, in fact, I think it was right after we, we last spoke, um, the, the late deadline for Sundance for, uh, for short films um, getting submitted was upon us. And, you know, we were all working very hard to get, get all that ready to go. And, and like with hours to spare, <laughs> we got Elvis submitted to Sundance um, oh, and to Slamdance. And, uh, you know, like all the... I think I've talked about this before. You kind of want to try to target those top tier festivals first because you want to you want to secure like a really good uh, premiere. You want to get like the best possible world premiere you can, and then you start looking at cities and say, okay, I want to get the best possible New York premiere and LA premiere and Chicago premiere, and you know, in this case, it will definitely have a Seattle premiere. Um, So, so it's like looking through all those festivals, and as you're looking at those regional festivals, you kind of want to take into consideration things like, is it like a BAFTA qualifying festival? Is it an Academy Award of qualifying festival? Not necessarily because I think that that's what I'm, you know, after for this film in particular, but it, it kind of speaks to like, this is a certain caliber of film festival. They, you know, it's not slapped together. They've been around a while. It's established. It's professionally done. And, you know, they do a good job with it. So you kind of go through the, the tier. So I've got a whole ass spreadsheet of all the festivals of when I'm, which, which one I'm targeting when, and when the notification date is and all that. So it's been submitted. Um, there'll be many other, uh, festivals that will also be submitted when, when it, when they open back up for submissions, Yeah. all in hopes of, you know, getting a really great, um, a great premiere for the world premiere, the regional premieres, all that good stuff. And, uh, you know, we'll see that's now it's the hard part. Now I just got to like stare at those notification dates and be like, all right, December 4th, let's go. Come on, right. <laughs> tell right. me in or out, what are we going to do? But I kind of like, I kind of like let it go. Once I submit it, I'm like, okay, you know, it, it's going to be what it is. Like, let it, let it go. I'm not going to sit there and bite my nails. I'm going to just keep moving forward. Uh, how gratifying will it be when you finally like, you know, get the thing in front of a huge audience or something like that? Like from the, because is this the first time that you've done a film uh, in the, in the capacity that you worked on this as, you know, like a writer and producer and all that stuff? Um is this the first one? I didn't one write you... this one. Oh, I you produced oh, this one. You... Oh, you produced no. it? Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, uh, Pam Mandel wrote it. And oh, she is my screenwriting partner when we adapted her her memoir, right. Same River Twice. Yeah. That's right. And Forgive she kind of caught the bug. Like, that was her first script. And she was like, right. I think I, ha- I want to do this again. I'm like, have at it. And her Forgive, first, me for mixing, you know... Forgive me for mixing that up. I'm sorry. No, no, um, no. It's all good. It's all good. Um, um, no, I, I previously produced a film. I've worked on a few. Yeah. Um, I worked on a film called La Mitad del Mundo, which is a documentary about sex trafficking in Ecuador. 
Um, that was directed by Erica Valenciano, who is a very good friend and, and very talented and very cool mm -hmm. uh, Chicago filmmaker. And, um, you know, that one is still doing pretty well in festivals. But the first one where we were all together, because documentaries take a long time. This one in yeah. particular took 12, 12 years. And yeah. um, when we were all together, like all of us that had worked on it, we were all sitting there in a theater uh, at the downtown L.A. Yeah, downtown LA Film Festival about a year ago. And when the credits rolled, you know, it said I co produced it with Shaughnessy Schneider. And, you know, there was that card on the screen suddenly yeah. of like, there are names. Yeah. And it was just like, I bet. Ah, we, we got here, we made it, you know, it was such a long journey. And so I'm looking forward to that. Um, I'm also looking forward to that for the writer because she, it, this is her first project. So I'm excited for her to see her name on a screen. Cool. It never gets old, right? It's always yeah. exciting when you see, finally see your name on a screen. Like, yeah, yeah. I did it. Finally, I, I got here. Cool. Well, uh, congratulations on everything that's happening. And I hope you guys Thanks. Uh, kill it at the fests, man. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. I'm excited. Yeah, I think it'll be fun. I think, it'll, I mean, it's a fun film, right? Um, I, uh, I did a school visit recently, which, which we can talk more about here in a sec, but um, I, I screened a couple little tiny clips of it because I was talking about sort of producer problems and how you solve them. Yeah. And so I, I screened a couple clips along with some behind the scenes video that I had taken on my phone. Um, and what's interesting is like, it was the first time people had seen any moment of it. And it wasn't a screening to be clear. It was like, you know, 10 second clip. Yeah. Um, but it got a laugh. On this part, I was like, mm. oh, right, that's a funny part. I forgot. I've watched it 600 times. I forgot yeah. that's very, very funny right there. So yeah. that was kind of fun. So I, I, I'm also looking forward to, like, do the laughs land where, where we, you know, hope that right. they do. Not, you didn't put this in the movie, did you, at all? Motherfucker, food eater! That's not it. You didn't put that in there. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. But you know what? I, I, I like, a, to be clear, I'm not an actor. I'm not an actor at all. But I do, in the... Um, in the script Open Road, which is one that I'm, you know, helping to push forward right now. I co-wrote right. that with Rocco Cataldo. Um, in that one, there's a tiny little part of a waitress that I intentionally wrote for myself. Uh -huh. And because there's just some like really great little lines in it. And one of the lines is uh, about having seven kids. And... And she's kind of saying it as like a retort to to a guy like kind of winking at her, right? Um, kind of warning him like, don't you know, last time somebody looked at me like that, I had, you know, baby number seven. So <laughs> I, I, I decide, I realize like, you know, if I really, in my heart of hearts, I have to admit that I, I, I'm, I'm not pursuing an acting career, but also I love the idea of just kind of dropping in for small bit parts of like little character roles, yeah. like this like hillbilly waitress that says a thing about baby number seven or whatever. Yeah. So, and I was thinking, and I, I have this habit every time I, I decide on a goal or a thing I want, I, I kind of say, well, what's the biggest version of that to make sure that I'm not playing small. And I thought, <laughs> you know, the biggest possible version of that is that like someone runs up to me and says, motherfucker food eater, right? Like someone <laughs> quotes something back to me if they're like, hey, it's baby number seven or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. to know it, that yeah. like I got like nobody knows my damn name, but they yeah. know, hey, you're that woman that said that funny thing because that line right. stuck with me. And I feel like that's the that's the yeah. milestone that I want so, to hit. <laughs> so in about seven years, you're going to be walking down the street and someone's going to go baby number seven. Right. Totally. That, yeah. That's the, that's what they're looking for. Cause you know, when I that's think of you, for. Amy, I think hillbilly with seven babies. That's the first thing. That's I right. Think 
That's exactly right. But also, you know what? I grew up in the South, and I have met right. some characters in my life, and yeah. <laughs> I've got to channel that somewhere. Uh, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Well, I mean, and maybe at some point you can have an exchange like this. I don't know. You just stay around here to fuck my mother and eat her food. <laughs> Matt. Oh, he moves. You are a little fucking asshole. Try something Jim, Jim. Motherfucker, food eater. There it is. All right. Uh, I have to play that every time you're on, uh, Amy. I have every to. time. Yeah, every single time. So anyway, and that, of course, for people who might not know, that's from uh, Rivers of Edge, by the way, which was screened in 35 at the Music Box Friday night. That's so cool. Yeah. They screen, you know what they doubled it with? What? Uh, heavy metal parking lot, the Judas Priest uh, short. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> so it was like 80s, full on, like 80s, you know, that kind of, uh, that kind of mentality. Yeah. That kind of, that kind That's of, a uh, banger of a night yeah, right there. Hell of a night right there. There you go. All right. Anyway, so uh, the Elvis movie is, is out there. Now, speaking of movies now, and it is October, and. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Esmeralda is my co-host, and we will be talking uh, at, right after I talk with you. She's she's going to be joining me. We're going to talk about Halloween and horror movies, and we've got a we've actually got a live podcast that we're doing uh, at Zanies, uh, which you were a part of uh, one of them. Amy. Yeah, thank you for being awesome. That. Well, we're doing one on Tuesday, October twenty fourth, at Zanies in Rosemont, and um, Andrea Darlis is going to be our special guest, <gasps> the lovely Andrea. Darlis. I love that. Yeah, and so it's going to be me and Darlis, me and two lovely ladies on stage. It'll be fantastic. Totally. Um, yes. Um, and we're going to be giving away Halloween candy and talking about scary stuff and movies and things like that. Now, for Halloween, you try to watch, you know, like thirty horror movies uh, for the month, and you you mm-hmm. you you've, you've set out on that trek to to watch horror during the month of October. And uh, <laughs> you were telling me uh, a little bit off the air and, 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 and a little bit uh, through texts and emails and stuff that you, you did watch a couple of movies and one of, one of them that you hated uh, beyond all comprehension. <laughs> is that, yeah, is so that every, er, that's, yeah, that is a good setup. So yeah, every October I try to watch 30 horror movies. I don't usually get there, but it's really fun to just watch all kind of stuff. And I try to mix it up with some like psychological thriller and some like good slasher stuff and you know, just mix it up and watch a yeah. lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, so I watched uh, Abandoned. It is directed by Spencer Squire. It has Emma Roberts, John Gallagher Jr., Michael Shannon, Kate Arrington, those mm-hmm. folks in it. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a, a perfectly doable story. It's actually, um, visually, it, it's quite interesting. You, you don't really see a lot of the monsters, right? So it's kind of this, um, you know, couple moves to the farmhouse. Woman has the, you know, she, they have this new baby. She's dealing with some postpartum stuff. The, the house was the scene of a murder, so it's haunted as fuck. Like, very good setup. Like, I'm in, great. Yeah. However... There's, there's a couple edits with issues and sight lines that kind of took me out of it pretty early on. Um, at one point, like the realtor is clearly looking the other direction from the couple she's selling the house to. So the little like technical stuff kind of took me out when otherwise like the picture is quite pretty. Set design is, is quite pretty. Um, Emma Roberts and John Gallagher Jr. are great. Um, you know, he's a theater guy. He's, that guy's got a Tony. Yeah. Um, yeah they're great Michael Shannon is great as a creep oh my gosh he's like <laughs> but he's a creep that turns out to not be a creep you feel you feel kind of sorry for him at one point mm-hmm. um and and he does a great job and and it's so ta- like everyone's so talented but there's stuff in it that I was like Are you fucking serious and I was getting madder and madder as I kept watching because it 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 like gives into stuff that would have I'm like, that, that w- would be controversial in Mad Men 
set in the 60s and mm. we're doing that now like this was you know this movie's only it was made in 2022 so for a movie that recent to fall into like blame the woman tropes oh. so i left it not knowing i was like oh this isn't even a ghost story this is a commentary on like women and postpartum depression Oh, and made did, by a man, and, made by a man, made by a white guy. And I was yeah. like, OK, yeah. young white guy making a story. And, and in it, he, he just makes her look so helpless and victimizes her in a way. At one point, she's like speaking to a psychiatrist played by Paul Schneider. And he's being a dick for sure. Um, but like, that's not that that's completely normalized in the thing. Right. Like he's not believe she's saying, no, I'm telling you, there's stuff in this house I f i'm feeling watched like stuff's going on well that's not what your husband said like and, and that mm. stands like that's not challenge oh, okay the level of misogyny in this movie by the end of it i was like every 10 10 or so seconds like you fucking serious <laughs> <laughs> you fucking serious i was getting so angry because it was so triggering i was like oh this old trope of the woman is crazy the ghosts aren't real and also like their marriage here two you know perfectly good actors their marriage is garbage from the beginning because it's not believable you know that there's stuff that doesn't make sense like john gallagher's character he's like it, it seems like somebody dropped something in the edit right because suddenly he's really feeling a lot of feelings but we never saw why mm -hmm. either he's completely overreacting to his wife just struggling to be in a super fucking haunted house and dealing with postpartum stuff or he's just suddenly acting out or suddenly or 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 we just like dropped a scene in there somewhere like i just there were technical issues with it but but the misogyny was so blatant wow. in a way that you could tell like it wasn't a commentary about misogyny yeah, it was which, like, is, which is the case for Rosemary's Baby, because Rosemary's absolutely. Baby is... But that that's whole movie is about that. That's, that's the, the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. This, I did not feel that. If that's what he was aiming at, if he was, if the director was trying to do that, if he was like, oh, no, I'm trying to make, like, play on the trope of this, he didn't get there because uh, it didn't, it didn't name it enough and it didn't, um, I just, like, wasn't all in on it because it was, it was, because technical issues just took me out and like the story was just so heavy handedly blaming this woman oh. that even at the end of it, when it's resolved, you're like, oh, so it was in her head the whole time. And it was a matter of her getting the strength to confront a ghost that made her psychosis go away. Are you joking? Uh -huh. So it was like this, the ghosts were like this externalization of her, of her mental health. And I was like, okay, that pissed me off. I wanted more from that movie because it's actually very lovely. Like it opens with this beautiful farmhouse and they've moved out there. And then there's a whole side story where the guy, uh, the husband, John Gallagher Jr., he's a veterinarian. And so like there's a whole side story about, you know, if you are living in the country and you're a veterinarian, you have to like, you know, deal with farm animals. So he's like killing pigs at one point to, and Jeez. boiling them to decide if they have a disease. And that really never pays off. And, and you keep like seeing close-ups of like this rope where the swing is hanging. Oh, so yeah. that tells me like in the Chekhov's gun thing, like if I see right. a close up of that rope in the first 10 <laughs> right. minutes, it better break later yeah. and it never breaks. So it's like there's just, it was like a lot of like frustrating things like that. So well, that's that sucks that you started out the the, the horror month with this. Uh, that's that's not good. That's not a good way to start. It's OK. No, but you know what? I, I know people that like go to film festivals and say, oh, I wasted my time and watched a bad movie. I disagree. Mm hmm. 
I think it is valuable to watch a movie that you love and it is just as valuable to watch a movie that you've got problems with because if you if you do that enough you eventually are able to articulate what you don't like about it right and it makes you either a more discerning viewer or better if you're in this business it makes you better at what you do because you can say hey man i kept seeing the boom mic shadow on the wall so that right. suddenly that makes you a person who is very conscious of where the boom operator is standing and where their shadow is. That's an interesting way. Of, that's a really interesting way of looking at it, Amy. Because I mean, as you know, I've been reviewing movies for like thirty-eight years almost, yeah. and and uh, and and that's what it, it comes down to. People are like, oh, how can you sit through so much shit? And I'm like, well, it's tough sometimes, uh, but you know, like there's always something. At least like you can interestingly you know like what i try to do is like analyze the movie or try to make it entertaining for people when i talk about it that's but right. there's no question that even when i sit through a shitty movie i get something out of it yeah know? that's right uh, yeah and, and it, i think it teaches you to like be so discerning that you can break out the elements like i could say the cast was spectacular there were a couple of sightline things that were you know that didn't yeah. that didn't work for me and took me out of it yeah. and so it's about sightline it's about technical things it's like mm. If I, if I, I mean, no one asked, no one involved with that film asked my opinion and they probably never will. But if they, you know, had like said, Hey, what do you think of like an early screening? If I would have been in the audience, I would have said, Hey, you know, these technical things kind of take me out of it. Yeah. And I, and it's like with writing any kind of creative thing, if there's a technical issue, if there's a typo or whatever, it takes you out of the message a little bit. It takes you out of the creative experience that this group of people is, is they're giving you or the writer is giving you. Um, it pulls you out. And so it's, it, it makes you like a more discerning yeah. viewer or reader or whatever to like name those and be able to pick them apart and not just say, you know, as a blanket, I loved it or I hated it or whatever. Like you yeah. have to be able to be nuanced about it. No, that's a great way of looking at it. It's great looking at it. Okay. Now, so, you, but you did watch another one, correct? Uh, another, uh, another one. In, yeah. In your, in your I watched, attempt? right. I watched, um, no one will save you on Hulu. Okay. Mm -hmm. which um, I did not see that coming. I missed a detail. You know, like when you're like flipping through the stuff on Hulu, there's always like the, it, it's like the Hulu movie poster, but it's like whatever that image is that shows you like click on this or don't, you know, the right. little thumbnail there. Right. I missed a very important detail at the top of that picture. So I did not see the thing coming at all. <laughs> and later at the end of it, I was like, oh, there is a person outside of that house above it got it okay that's an important detail i miss i just saw this like cute little house and i was like oh another farmhouse movie i'm doing that right. um what is fascinating i i loved this movie despite like okay what the fuck is happening the what it's the a, fuck it's, it's it's new by the way it is it is a, it's, it's a, brand it's new brand new yeah. and 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 yeah and the and yeah you're right the poster art is very is very strange if you don't see the dude floating above the that's right above above the above the house which is right because you see a farmhouse and you think R slasher right so i was expecting slasher and you you get up and you know you you wake up with this this woman she like wakes up and starts her day and she has this like very charming she lives alone in this farmhouse very charming but like there's some childlike sort of elements and she's a seamstress and she's created this little miniature village and so like you're kind of okay she's sort of living in this world um that's maybe a little a little childlike little whimsical whatever she finishes sewing a dress and she packages it up very beautifully with a little note and she goes into town and and mails it and she sees a guy that she perhaps has a crush on and waves and he doesn't really wave back and you get 26 minutes in and you realize there's not been a word of dialogue and it's fine mm. oh that's there cool is, 
There That's is cool. one line in the whole movie and you don't miss it. Because wow. it's so much about her inner journey and her inner thing. Wow. It's totally weird. And there there's a the budget is over $22 million. I looked it up and I was like, really? For like a farmhouse slasher? Okay, whatever. And then I start seeing the special effects roll in and I'm like, oh shit, that's why yeah. this is $22 million. Yeah. At the end, you've got to sit through the credits. It is the longest and weirdest credits I've ever seen. Okay. Because the, the <laughs> list of like, of all the artists, of all the, you know, there's a lot of CGI in it, right? There's a lot of effects. There's a lot of stuff. Um, the list of people attached to this movie, I'm like, oh my God, there are, e there are hundreds of people attached to this movie. Hundreds wow. of people worked on all the effects and worked on it in post. It, it's fascinating. Wow. And, and um, the, the lead, Caitlin, uh, I think you say Dever, D-E-V-E-R, mm -hmm. um, she's excellent. She has one line. She's got one line of dialogue in the whole thing, and yet she's so good. Awesome. And fights like hell when the monsters show up. The monsters are very scary and weird. Um, there's a lot of psychological weird shit. There's a lot of, like, woman kicking ass. And, you know, I, I'm always thinking in horror and movies. And as, like, as, opposed, as opposed to the shit you watched before that. That's right, of, like, <laughs> yeah. being, a, being victimized by right. literally every man around her. <laughs> right, um, right. Of including a baby, like even she's victimized by a baby. Like there's oh. so much just victimizing happening in that, that in abandoned in abandoned. Yeah. Um, that this one, I was like, you know, I'm always asking myself in horror movies, what would I do in that situation? Well, I wouldn't put on fucking heels and run through the woods. That's right. for goddamn sure. Right. I'm going to stay and try to kill that motherfucker or whatever. Right. Um, right. So in this one, I, I, you know, as I'm, I'm thinking through that every time I was like, that's what I'd be doing. Like if, this level of attack was happening to my world. Yeah. And the monsters look like that motherfuckers or, or yeah. plural. There's several. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to die anyway, so I'm just going to fight like hell yeah. and stab things with scissors or whatever I have handy and just fight like hell and, and get it done. Um, that said, like if you were to, I can imagine, I was thinking about that this morning too. I was like, Pitching this movie must have been kind of a whole thing. Like, okay, this woman lives alone. There's no dialogue. But suddenly, very creepy monsters from outer space show up. Yeah. You with me? Uh, people would have been like, what? That does not make sense. Oh, and the monsters are kind of spider-like. Cool? Like, <laughs> that would yeah. be a hard sell. Yeah. But I was really into I don't know. I'd be curious to hear your take once you yeah, watch I, it. But, you know, I have um, not watched it yet. I, but I definitely, after hearing your review of it, absolutely I'll watch it. No question. There's some weird shit. And then I think it's like ultimately this sort of like redemptive, uh, you know, life sort of forcing you to deal with some some wounds that you're, yeah. you're carrying. I think that's kind of the, and that's the one line of dialogue is, oh. is around that. Okay. Yeah. But I was like, what a creative exercise even though to just say like, I'm going to write a film that's entirely stage directions and just that's great. see if I can get that done. That sounds and terrific. It's not, and, and it's not like she you don't notice there's no dialogue because it's not like she, it's not like she's in a situation where you would speak necessarily. Right. Wow. It's just right. situations where you'd be having this inner experience. Yeah. I thought it was really creatively done. Very cool. No one will save you. No one will save you. It's on Hulu now. And I definitely will watch it. No question about it. Yeah. Directed by Brian Duffield. Brian Duffield. Okay, cool.
no one. And, and, and now, you know, as you as you attempt to you know watch horror movies throughout the month, do you have a favorite horror movie? Do you have a? Are there movies? Are there certain movies that horror movies that you love? Do you have a movie that scared the shit out of you? Uh, anything that pops into your head? Well, I mean, the story I always tell is that my parents worked at my my dad in particular um, worked at a hotel when I was little. And oh God, I know where you're going. It used to be, yeah, it used to be closed in the winter. It's now open all the time. Oh my God. Um, he worked at Grove Park Inn in Asheville, North Carolina, which is a beautiful hotel. It is old and it is creepy. Uh, F. Scott and Zelda Fitzgerald used to stay there in the summer. Um, everyone says it's quite haunted by Zelda Fitzgerald. Mm. Um, and uh, my dad will, will say it like, you know, I don't believe in a fucking ghost, but here's some weird shit that happened. Like, he'll say it that way. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, when I saw The Shining, I was like, yeah. oh, hell no, yeah. absolutely not. I know where this is going. and It's nowhere, nowhere good. Um, so the, the Shining is like the ultimately terrifying movie to me because of the psychological pre- because I, yeah, I've been in that hotel many times in the winter and I know exactly what that's all about. Yeah. Uh, luckily, my father did not try to murder us with an axe. So <laughs> I got that going for me. He didn't chase you through um, he didn't chase you through a hedge maze with a max with an axe. You're no, okay. n- not not even one time. So that was pretty good. And I, I didn't write anything on the walls. I never wrote murder backwards or right. uh, any anything like that. But that that's probably one of my my favorites of all times because there's just so much to unpack in that in that film. Yeah. Um, you know, I love movies that I was like, oh shit, I didn't see that coming. And one I have been coming back to lately because I've been thinking a lot about horror tropes and. You know, it's always the woman that senses the thing. And the guy is always like, that's not fucking real. So I was like, what What would happen if you just wrote a horror movie where the guy senses the thing and the woman's like, baby, come on, ghosts yeah. aren't real. Stop being. You know, I was like, even that feels like a radical act. Um, so I was talking with a friend recently about what what is it? Are there any feminist horror movies? Um, and the only ones we could really come up with were um, The Others with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And because you do not see that ending coming at all. No, no, that's a, that's a terrific movie too. A that's really, a great movie. It's so really beautifully creepy. done. Really creepy. Yeah. Really good. And then, um, the watcher, although even that, like the, the wonderful feminist payoff ending is because of being victimized the whole movie. There's right. sort of like this fight back. Um, but I thought that was like a pretty and stylized in an interesting way, but I didn't necessarily love the characters until the end when I was like, you better kick his ass, girl. You better get him. Right? I got a movie. I got a movie for you. If you've not seen it, Amy, what you um, got? it's called your next. Um, you next. Yeah. Uh, directed by uh, Anthony Weigert, who is actually uh, 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 from Chicago. A lot of Chicago connections in it. Um, oh, Joe Swanberg in Joe that? Joe Swanberg's yeah. in it, yep. And it is, uh, it's, it's, it's like, you know, a, a, you know, kind of a home invasion group kind of a thing. Okay. But uh, I, w- I don't want to give anything away. Let, let me just say yeah. that you're, 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 you, if, you, if you're looking for something sort of like, uh, like on a feminist uh, slant, mm-hmm. uh, where like you were like, I want, the, I want the woman to like kick some ass, you need to see your next. Yeah. And I won't give anything away other than that you should see it because I really it's it is a fucking kick ass movie. It's scary. It's creepy. And it also has like a major league badass performance by a couple of ladies in it. Uh, Sherry Benson, by the way, is the is the the one who who really rocks it out. So you should see you should see that one. You should. Well, maybe I'll watch your next next. Yeah. Oh, look at that. You see how that worked out? See what I did? uh, Now, do you know of a horror movie? Wait, wait. <laughs> there it is. Okay. Well, Boom. No. <laughs> now, do you know of a horror movie where the 
the monster is a woman. I mean, I, the only one I can think of with a killer is is monster with Charlize Theron. Yeah. There's the, well, yeah. Uh, let's see. And even then, it's because she's victimized. You know why she's doing the killing. Right. Right. No, that's that's well. I mean, Friday the Thirteenth, uh, the original Friday the Thirteenth. The woman is a because uh, mm. it's Jason's mother, and it's that's uh, right. And she's pissed because the you know the counselors were all he like drowned. fucking. He they were all fucking mm-hmm. and drinking while the kid was drowning. So that's why she's running around. A lot of people forget that in the first that's Friday right. the Thirteenth, it's not Jason. Jason didn't pop up until the second one. Um, and start killing people until the second Man, one. Man, that first one is so good. They're all good. I love the Friday the 13th series, but yeah. uh, that whole franchise. But uh, that's a good one. That's so, to, she's I, I, so creepy. It's Betsy Palmer, too, on top of it, uh, which is really crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like wholesome Betsy Palmer was on the game right. panel shows in the 50s. And she's <laughs> right. running around. And, and by the way, she took it because she needed, she, she took that movie because she needed to make car payments. That's why she took. <gasps> that's why she took. Bless the movie. her heart. Yeah, I mean, she was having some financial issues. She's like, "All right, I'll do this goddamn horror movie," and then, like, you know, <laughs> it turned into what it is, and it became like probably her most. She's Mrs. Voorhees. She was always going to be that for the yeah. rest of her life. But oh man, yeah. wouldn't that be cool to see again? Like, I don't want to be. I don't want a big part. I don't want to make a make my job an, as an actor. I don't want to. Yeah. I make my career as an actor. I just want to drop in and do real weird shit like that. And I would love to be in a horror movie and just like say something creepy and awful yeah. and disappear well, or get you, killed or whatever. That'd be fun. Well, it's interesting. Like, cause uh, you know, now I'm, I'm trying to think of like, uh, sort of like, you know, like, uh, cause you know, the tropes in a lot of horror movies, as you know, is like in a, in a lot of, especially the eighties, uh, the horror movies were like, okay, the chick is tits and ass. She gets stabbed after she fucks. That's basically it. That's right. And, oh, it was like the, there was there was like a countdown of like once you see a woman in her panties, she will be dead within yeah. X number. Someone someone has actually figured this out. Like once you see panties in an 80s slasher film, that right. woman will be dead within two minutes or something yeah. like that. And, and it became a, it became like a trope to the point where it got, you know, now, I mean, there there are there is a whole uh, a film, a documentary, as you probably know, and a, and a series of books called The Final Girls. And those were. Yeah. All the final girls, like Jamie Lee Curtis, is the the quintessential final girl. Uh, and yep. there's a final girl in all of these movies where, like, and most of them are virgins or they don't fuck. Because in in these slasher movies in the '80s, if God forbid a woman has some sex, she gets murdered. But right. if you're if you're virtuous or you don't, if you back away from screwing some guy, you you will you will make it till the end. And that became such a ridiculous mm-hmm. cliche in the '80s. It was like every fucking movie. It it, it yeah. got to the point where it was absurd. Yeah. So, but I think yeah. it'd be an interesting exercise just to like pick each of those tropes and and write the, the opposite just to see what happens. Yeah. 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 Like yeah. Ev- every dude that that expresses any kind of pleasure, he gets killed. And right. the one dude that is is not having sex, he does not get killed. Or you flip right. it completely and like everyone that's having sex lives and everyone who's right. being Kill judgmental the about their sexuality, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> they die, yeah, yeah. right? And, and like the woman doesn't sense the ghost and the man doesn't believe her. Flip that completely. Right. Like flip everything and just put that together in a story and see what happens. Yeah. I think that'd be fascinating. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, because like right off, right off the top of my head, uh, I can't think of a ton of them right now, but I know that if I, if I started thinking hard and, and looking into it a little bit, I could find some pretty choice feminist horror out there, but I can't think of anything right now. But I know the first one that popped into my head was your next, uh, which mm-hmm. it, it just which is pretty great uh, in that regard. Uh, and also, have you seen the movie The Invitation? Oh, From I think so. Who's 2015. In that? It was an, it's another weird dinner party thing that's got one of the most stunning endings I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and in that case, a lot of the victims are guys in that movie. 
Um, so you might want to check that one out. That's called The Invitation uh, from 2015. Kind of gothy, yes. sort of. Yes, yeah, and it's a, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a gathering of, it's a gathering of, of, of like people with a lot of history are gathered together in one room at a dinner party, uh, and then some of them have some fucked up shit that's happened to their past, and they all gather mm-hmm. and all, and all kind of hell breaks loose, and it becomes like a, like a, you know, like people start dying, and then the ending of that movie, the the last like shot, the final shot of that movie, the last like five minutes, is jaw dropping. It's okay. jaw dropping, and that's it's called yeah. the invitation from 2015. There was one from last year called the invitation, not that because that's a piece of shit. The one from 2015 okay. is the one to check out. So okay, make sure you check that out. Now you okay. mentioned that you you went to a school in uh, this was outside of Baltimore, and and you did like that's a right. scholar a visiting scholar thing. I love to hear about this. Tell tell me about that. You said you 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 mentioned it earlier that you showed some clips from behind the scenes. What was this? Yeah. And tell me about this adventure that you went on at uh, this college. Yeah, I was out in uh, Washington College. It's it's outside of Baltimore. It's on the eastern shore of Maryland. It's very beautiful out there. Um, and it's a great school. It's such a wonderful school. And I was there. Um, I first gave kind of a craft talk about adapting work to screen, whether that work is journalism or fiction or a memoir, you know, whatever that is, yeah. adapting that to screen and how you approach that process. And that was a valuable exercise for me to put talk together because you yeah. you know how often do we sit down and say how do I know the things that I know yeah and how do I how do I know how to do the things that I do because I think so much of what we do is on autopilot because we've just learned it and gone with it and kept moving forward like if you had to sit down and say how to be a great host and you were going to give that talk you'd be like well I don't know you just do it right <laughs> yeah to, right right but to like sit down and break it apart what are those elements that I can actually name and explain to people mm-hmm. that that's a valuable exercise so that was the first one that I did and that was that was really fun and, and I, I felt validated by that because I saw students taking notes and I feel like okay no one was checked out they were taking notes so something I said was valuable there um, and then I did this other one where um, I was being interviewed on stage and and uh, we kind of took it like clip by clip of different things I had worked on and I got a variety of stuff you know, I got a, a couple of clips from the Elvis film and then interlaced that with behind the scenes film, behind the scenes video that I took with my phone. Right. Um, in particular, there's a scene where, where the actress is on a plane, but it's too small. You couldn't have put a camera in there with her. So, so, you know, how did we get that? And how was the plane moving? And how did that work? And I kind of showed the behind the scenes where I was standing back on the runway getting that and people got a chuckle out of that. Mm. Um, and even just like the opening sequence, I said, here's what went into that to get all that together. So I would like show a couple of seconds and then pause and talk about it to kind of tell people what goes into producing. Because as we've talked about before, that's like sometimes such a mysterious thing. Yeah. I had a I had a director not long ago that I met with on Zoom and she was like, what does a producer do? I mean, I know I need you, but like, what do you do exactly? And I'm yeah. like, okay, right. Um, so we talked about that and then um, did, some, did it like a, a couple class visits and just talked with some students and talked with a lot of faculty members and had some really cool conversations. And, and there was so much I loved about it because it's such a wonderful school and they have the lit house there which is this beautiful old kind of victorian house that is just devoted to books and to writing and giving students this kind of place to just 
be who they are and show up and and at all hours of the day there were kids there meeting there was like the writers student writers union that was meeting there there's kids just kind of off working in a little nook covered with books and it was just such a wonderful place I loved it and I was like I wish I would have had that when I was their age you know this wonderful place Um, there's just so much love and, and everybody that works there at the lit house it's just you can tell they're just so devoted to what they're doing and so devoted to their students and it was refreshing to be around um, both, you know, f- film world folks and creative writing folks and journalism folks who are just there to talk about the philosophical part, right? Nobody there was yet dealing with like a production schedule yeah. or a contract yeah. or a deadline or just yeah. getting the audio filed for the day or getting the story written. Nobody was dealing with that. They were just kind of dealing with the philosophical parts of what they were doing. And that was so refreshing to be around and just kind of spend a week immersed in that and talking about kind of the bigger issues of like media literacy at a moment of a lot of weird shit happening in the world and why media literacy is so important and talking about you know uh one journalism class that i that i spoke with they wanted to know about interview tactics and they were like well if someone's not giving you an answer but you you really know they're probably hiding something from you how do you go about that like what do you do and so to unpack that interview interview techniques a little bit for them was kind of interesting and share some, well, here's a, here's a time I did this and how this is how this, this worked and how this played out. Um, talking about kind of ethics and things like that. The loftier stuff that we don't often get to talk about because we're just kind of in the day to day of get this done, get this done. And it was really, it was great. I mean, it was a cool campus. It was, um, founded in 1782. And so the whole town is like this beautiful architecture from oh, that cool. era, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and it's uh, it's cool. There's just a lot of like Revolutionary War and American history stuff, um, and and in a thoughtful way, right? The, the good and the bad, right? There's yeah. there was plenty of, you know, as much as there's like a statue of George Washington, there's also a lot of acknowledgement that there's some problematic pieces to American history of early American history. Yeah. Um, so I thought it was a great it was a great school and it was just do a really you, great visit. So do you get to do you get to do that often as a visiting scholar or somebody who who travels around and stuff like that with with your expertise? Is that fun for you? Do you do it often or, or how often do you do it? I don't do it as often as I'd like. I, I love doing that kind of thing. I've always loved talking with students. I've always um, gotten a lot out of their enthusiasm and I've appreciated the questions I'm asked. Um, one, one student asked me when we were uh, talking about the interviewing stuff for that, it was like a journalism 101 class. She's, you know, I was like, so this kid is, you know, ostensibly like 18 or 19 years old. And she said, um, how do you care for yourself and your own mental health when you're interviewing somebody about a traumatic subject? And I was like, that's a great question. That's a terrific question. Yeah. Like the kids are okay right now, you know? I was like, this is a great question. And I appreciated that she asked me that. And so I said, well, I'll tell you the truth. Let me tell you, let me start by answering about a time I didn't. And I learned that lesson the hard way. And here's how, you know, fucked up I was about it. Like here's how upsetting it was. And so the second time, this is what I did. And then the third time, this is what I did. And this, this is how I helped a colleague when she and I were working on something together. So it was, I kind of, I, I was like, it was a, for me, a powerful place to, um, think through questions I'm not often asked. Yeah. Um, and think about these kind of bigger philosophical things. And I, yeah. I like got so much good energy from, I mean, I met so many amazing students and so many wonderful faculty members that were just so devoted to their 
their discipline and the, the thing they're doing. And I, I got a lot out of that. I, yeah. I, I left thinking like, I hope that they got something out of it from, from me because yeah. I got a lot out of it for them. So well, I don't do that as often as I'd like, but I love doing that. I bet, when, man. When I'm able, it's, I think it's really um, important to like have conversations like that. Well, it's also, I think it's great because like, as you said, like every once in a while you need confirmation that the world is not completely fucked. And so right. when, yeah. when you've got like 18, 19, 20 year olds who are like really paying attention or really have these or really letting it in or asking intelligent questions, or, you know, you know, the feedback has been amazing. Uh, it, you walk out and you go, okay, cool. I'm good for a little while. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to mm -hmm. be as down on the world. Cause I know that these kids are out there, which is great. Yeah, that's you know? right. That's right. Yeah. And I, I stopped, uh, one night I stopped by the, uh, the school paper, the Elm and talked with their kind of their, their, uh, student leadership there they were great. Yeah. They were wonderful. We had such good conversations and, and I closed the conversation by saying, okay, what are you aiming at? What's your goal right now? Like, what do you want to do after this? And, um, and what do you want to do before you leave the paper? Like what's, what's your, you know, last dash thing. And the opinion editor, she said, you know, I realize that people are going to like come at me either way and be shitheads. So I actually just want to like push the envelope harder and, and, say yeah. the thing and, yeah. and go further. And I'm like, shit, man, I was like 30 before I realized that. <laughs> you know? That's great. That's wow. great. Like, That's I love great. that. That's great. All right. Listen, Amy, uh, it goes by so quick whenever we talk. It just, it I just know. flies always by. Always does. It's, it's always, you're, you're the best, and I wish you the best out there in L.A. Um, as you continue. And we'll talk again, uh, you know, as we always do, we'll talk again in November. Have a great Halloween, and I hope you see some horror movies uh, that you enjoy. And I hope you get a chance to see the couple that I threw at you. And let me know what you think. I will. When you see them. Give me a text or give me a call or something. For sure. All right, it's Amy Guth. She rules the planet. Check her out at amyguth.com, and you can listen to the Daily Gist uh, podcast. It's daily. It's in the title, for Christ's sake, so you can listen to it daily at Crane's uh, <laughs> Chicago Business. Uh, one more time, Amy, real quick here. Motherfucker, food eater! So, you know, there you go. There it is. Uh, all right, Amy, take care. Thanks, Nick. Uh, that's Amy Guth. Let's say hello to Esmeralda Leon. Esmeralda. Yeah. Esmeralda Leon. theme that we love to hear every time on the podcast and uh that means it's time to talk to Esmeralda Leon hi Esmeralda hello how are you I'm good how are you all right cool uh it is a uh, Friday for all intents and purposes mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. what do you got going anything uh, happening on uh, this weekend um no I think I'm just gonna be at home hanging out Mm -hmm. Not doing anything. <laughs> are you, uh, because it's October now, um, are you celebrating Halloween? Are you watching any horror movies? Are you getting scary at all? Are you and Colin busting out some scary movies? Uh, we actually, we were watching um, a little bit of The Babadook oh. um, a few days ago. Oh. Um, and he actually just watched Mother, if you call that a scary movie. Mother with Jennifer <laughs> Lawrence? Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. 
Had he ever? Had he never seen it before? No, he hadn't. Oh my God! What did he? Th- <laughs> what did he think? He, I mean, he knew kind of the whole backstory. You know, he kind of knew what it was about and everything. So yeah, it was just more watching it and like connecting dots and things. But yeah, yeah he thought it was pretty weird. It's a great movie. It's a great. And again, my dad's my my favorite response that ever. Um, I I saw that movie with my parents. Mm-hmm. Um, and when it ended, when the when it ended and the credits came up at the very end, my dad goes, "Well, that was something." That was something. <laughs> that was my dad's review of Mother. Uh, for people who haven't seen it, it's a certifiably insane movie. Um, and, it's um, pretty weird. It's out there, man. It's out there. And uh, and but the lovely Michelle Pfeiffer's. I mean, how can you? You can't go wrong with Michelle Pfeiffer, man. So, um, but yeah, that's that's that. No, that quali- I think that qualifies as a horror movie. It's certainly yeah. It's pretty scary. It's creepy. It's cr- <laughs> it's creepy. It's creepy and weird as hell. So yeah, I think that I think that perfectly fits into the October uh, you know celebration of scary things, mm-hmm. scary stuff. Yeah. 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 Well, we're gonna be talking about uh, some scary stuff on mm-hmm. uh, uh, at Zany's. Um, yes. Zanies and Rosemont, October 24th. Everybody get your tickets. Let's pack the place. Andrea Darlis, that should bring out a crowd right there because she's the best. Um, Andrea's going to be our special guest. My dad's going to come up and tell Joe. Actually, that's the poll right there. That's the draw is my dad. He he fills rooms. Oh he doesn't even God. know it yet. Doesn't even know <laughs> he it. He packs him in. My dad's 82 <laughs> years old. Um, moving a little slower than usual, uh, my dad. Mm-hmm. He's, uh, he's, star- he, he's, he's getting mad because like... You know, like he doesn't like the fact that he has an 82 year old body and he's like, damn it. You know, he does, he's not happy. You know what I mean? Like he's not happy about <laughs> right. it. Right. And he's got to slow down a little. I think he has to slow down and maybe cut down to maybe, I don't know, three nights a week at Jewel as opposed to like five. I'm like, dad, you need mm. to pull it yeah, back. Yeah, I mean, bit. you got to rest. He's 82. Sometimes. He's 82 and he's moving slow and he's all mad about that. He's like, damn it. You know, yeah. and I'm like, well, dad, you're 82, man. But the brain is still functioning like a maniac. So nice. But, uh, nice. He'll be telling some jokes live. So see my dad live on stage. Zanies and Rosemont. It's Tuesday, October 24th. Doors open at 6.30. Show is at 7.30. Rosemont.zanies.com. Get your tickets now. And let's pack the place. We got Halloween candy to give away. And we're going to be doing some trivia and giving away some really cool prizes. Dinner from Gale Street Inn. Gift cards from Apple Electronics. And we'll talk about some scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had mm-hmm. an encounter? I mean, we can talk about this. Let's think about this, Esmeralda. Save this for uh, for Zanies. You ever have an encounter sure. with, a, that, with a ghost? Did you ever think that you like? Yeah, I think I've I, I've I've come across a ghost or two. Um, I don't know. Mm. I need to think about it because I might have just uh, repressed it. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe go to a therapist before the twenty fourth. So yeah, get, maybe a yeah. hypnotist. Yeah, there you go. Maybe <laughs> yeah. Maybe we'll have like somebody come up on stage and hypnotize you at the, uh, at the oh at, goodness at the event on uh, on the twenty fourth at uh, at Zany's, but yeah, so we'll talk all about that kind of really fun stuff. And then have you have you been uh, have you, do you you don't get any trick or treaters at your place, right? No, no, we're in a uh, apartment building, so yeah. nobody and no one has kids in the building either. So yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm the same. Which, thank you. <laughs> I don't even. I, yeah, I'm, the I'm same. not opening the door. <laughs> there are kids in this building, though. I'm, 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 I don't know what's going on with the people who live upstairs. From me, we've talked about weird neighbors in the past. Mm-hmm. Maybe we can talk about that because that's scary. We can talk about weird ass neighbors, maybe with the audience on the 24th um, at Zany's because we've all had weird ass neighbors. But I've got, I don't know what's going on upstairs. I can't figure it out because mm-hmm. 
there are there there are children all over this building. Like like the people that live across the hall from me, I think have like four or kids. There's there's baby carriages that are left out in the hallway just indiscriminately. You know, mm-hmm. they're just left out there. <laughs> I walk out, and I almost trip over them when I'm leaving. But the people upstairs, they they it, it seems to me I hear a crying infant. Sure. And then yet I hear enough like stomping and bouncing to me that that infant weighs two fifty. I'm I'm thinking right. <laughs> Um, it's not consistent. It's too weird. There's like weird, like crying, and then there's like jumping up and down like elephants. So I don't know, I don't know what's happening there. But uh, and, and I don't know if those kids are going to be coming down and knocking on doors to trick or treat. Uh, yeah, yeah, you might get to meet them. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. But I, I guess I'll just have to get uh, Halloween candy, and if nobody shows up, I guess I'll have to eat it. Right. Yeah. There's yeah. really no downside. Yeah. So they have all kinds of weirdly shaped Reese's products now um, mm. for Halloween. Because, you know, the Reese's, obviously, the Reese's, uh, Reese's uh, Peanut Butter Cups is one of the greatest candy bars of all time. And, you know, the regular round cup shape. Well, they've got, like, for Halloween, they have, like, bats and shit. And, oh, like, well, that's nice. And, like, fangs or something. Yeah. Can you put um, the fangs? Are they big enough that they're like I, they're mouth sized? Yeah, I think so. But then you I, have Reese's my, Reese's fangs. peanut butter fangs. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think that's really good for your teeth. I don't think slapping some chocolate and peanut butter across. I mean, you're you know, eating them already. Yeah, it's true. You may as well massage them into your gums at that point. Yeah, so, why not? Uh, <laughs> make it fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now this is going to be happening a lot. Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, and I love Nick's show. Oh, she's wearing a she's wearing a, 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 a witch mask. Oh hi! Oh oh wow! She's already prepared for Halloween. Hi, Carrie. Hi, hi I'm Carrie Russell, and I love uh, Nick's show. You know what? I, Esmeralda, this I think is a pretty good idea. What if I just leave the candy with Carrie, and the and 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 the trick or treaters can come up the back way and get their and get their treats from Carrie? Oh, there you go. Yeah. Or she'll just keep opening the door, and no one will be there. She'll be like, <laughs> "What? No, wait, nobody's here." Hi, I'm Carrie Russell, oh, and no. I love Nick's show. Yeah, every time, and and be like, "No one's here, Carrie. Nobody's here." Oh, poor Carrie. <laughs> Carrie, yeah. they're on the other side. Yeah, wrong door. Wrong door. Yeah, she's like, <laughs> <laughs> right. She'll be at the wrong. Poor Carrie will be at the wrong door, making t-shirts. Yeah. For nobody. Well, what are you gonna do? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, um, so at least, you know, at least it'll be quiet on Halloween, as it always is in our apartment buildings. Um, but mm-hmm. but but I think, like, has that gotten to the point now where there's, like, kids are only allowed to trick-or-treat between, like, you know, like, 2.30 in the afternoon and 3.30 and that's it and go home and cry? Um, I mean, yeah, they usually have times for them. Yeah. We have, um, around my building, there are a lot of houses. Mm-hmm. So they do get trick-or-treaters, I think. I would okay. assume. Yeah, because <laughs> then I'm like, where else are you going to trick or treat? It's true, and then I, but I know that like, th- like there are suburbs. It's like you, you are restricted to this one cul-de-sac between 4 p.m. and 5 p.m., and that's it. And if, if it gets dark, you have to be in hiding. Yeah, I mean they do have times for it, just so people aren't rolling yeah. in at like 10 o'clock at night. Shit, to your I, house. Used to, <laughs> I used to, I used to run around in my neighborhood. My neighborhood was shitty. I lived in, I lived in Lakeview when it was a really terrible neighborhood, and. We would be trick or treating like nine thirty, ten o'clock at night. <laughs> I mean, I remember those were the teenagers. The teenagers come later, and they're not even dressed up. It's like, dang, put a mask on. Something. I know, right? 
<laughs> when you get the when you get those kids who just show up and go, give me some candy. They're not even like, dude, you're it's not like, even dressed. Come on. Yeah, a little face uh, paint. I don't know, yeah. just anything. S- something. Uh, I'm a I'm a teenage football player. There, that's what a I silly am. shirt. I would something, something. So that doesn't uh, that doesn't deserve candy. Yeah, uh, but but then again, if you don't, then you get TP'd or you get you know shaving cream all over mm. the you know, mm-hmm. all over the egg your house and all that stuff. So anyway, um, all right. Have you seen? By the way, have you seen um, Bottoms yet? The 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 movie. Uh, I have not. Okay, because there's a fantastic scene that involves um, egging a house and TPing a house that is extraordinarily hilarious um, in that movie. And and actually, that movie is it's one of the funniest movies of the year. Um, if you get a chance, if it starts streaming mm. or something, you get a chance. It's really yeah. funny, really nice. really funny. Yeah, and one of the 900 movies this year uh, that were directed by women that are amazing. Like this is cool. like when I when I do my list at the end of the year. Um, I'm not kidding. At this point, the majority of the movies that I loved were directed by women, and uh, uh, and and uh, and one was uh, non-binary, uh, Laura uh, Moss, who made Birth Rebirth. But the women have dominated from Greta, from Greta Gerwig all the way down. It's just cool. like the ladies have been kicking film ass this year, and it's been <laughs> it's been fantastic. So it's about time there's Damn some recognition. Right. That's exactly right. So. Now, as you know, Esmeralda, um, you know, you've been working with me for many, many years, and you know about the Scary Sound CD. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And for people who date back, who have been listening to me back when I was at the car wash, you know about the 74 minutes of scary sound effects, the 70 haunting sounds, and the 16 spooky orchestrations. And um, you know how this whole thing originated where my old partner and I, Mr. Gary Lee Wright, um, we used to work together over 20-something years ago. And Gary bought this CD. I'm holding it in my hand. Someone sent me a copy. Uh, Deanna, my old friend Deanna, sent me a copy of this. I found it online. Mm-hmm. And he bought it He bought it at a truck stop. It was an impulse buy. <laughs> Makes complete sense. Does, Where else it? were you going to buy it? Like, why would it not be at the truck stop? <laughs> because, you know, you want to pick up a Slurpee and a sound effects CD when you're yeah. at a truck stop. I mean, anywhere else I'd be like, well, that's weird. <laughs> But the truck stop, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so he bought this thing at the truck stop, and he brought it back, you know, because we were going to do our spooktacular as we uh, as we did, and I continued to do every year, and I'll do a spooktacular here, um, um, you know, when we when when as we get the closest podcast date to Halloween, we'll do the spooktacular. Mm-hmm. But he brought this thing back, and and there were there were no listings for the tracks, there were no names for them. So we went through every single track and named them, and we played them. And we found some really ridiculous. This is like maybe one of the worst, meaning the best, yeah, um, scary sound effects that you've ever heard. Now, are, are you ready to hear some of these? Remember some of these? Oh yes. Now I love I love to reminisce. The screaming man is the big one. Um, the scree- the screaming man. That's that's the classic one because when we first played it, I couldn't believe. And I'm gonna play. We're gonna play it at Rosemont when we go to Zanies. I'm gonna play it at Zanies. Um. And this thing was unbelievable. When we first played it, we used to get complaints when we played it because people would call in the station and go, will you please stop playing this? It's the most ridiculous thing ever. Now, when you think, you know, horror sound effects, you, th- you know, you want to play them in the background. Like if you want your, you know, when, when kids come up for trick-or-treating, if you want your front porch to look kind of scary, maybe you'll play some sound effects, you know, like, mm-hmm. ooh, yeah, like absolutely. scary wind and lifts, you know, witches laughing and stuff like that. Right, yeah. Well, we were trying to find 
this screaming guy, and we couldn't find it. Now, remember, um, I went online, and I uh, last year, uh, I went online, and I was like, okay, I have to find the screaming man, because I didn't have the CD. Because, like many things, uh, there were things that were left in my office uh, at the car wash that were just not mailed back to me. Just yeah. stuff that yeah. I had in my office that did not fucking get back to me, because, you know, uh, that's what happened. Uh, when these idiots uh, at that place, uh, you know, so some of my property got lost. Anyway, uh, one of those was the CD. So here's some of the, remember I was looking for screams? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, I, and, and these were the ones that I found. And they did not really fit in. So here, you, you remember some of these that, that we've had. Here's, here's one of them. <laughs> we know that one. Yeah. Well, yeah, now we use them regularly. <laughs> yeah, that one we use regularly. <laughs> Uh, but that does not f- fall under the screamy, scary category. Ow! Not really. It's like no, no, no. It's more upbeat. Yeah, <laughs> it was like Michael Jackson stepping on a tack, right? I mean, yeah, that really- yeah. right. <laughs> All right. How about this one? I mean, that is that's fear. There's a that's a fear-based scream. I think he's, doesn't it sound like he's, he's falling off a cliff, right? Wouldn't that be yeah, right? like he's falling off something? It's yeah, it's, it, yeah. It okay. dissipates. It, it seems a bottomless hole, I guess, because we don't hear the thump at the end. <laughs> it's baby Jessica, that right? It's uh, falling yeah. down the falling down the well. All right, how about this one? We know this one. What? That's, I don't know what that is. I mean, that's not a scream. That's just someone going, saying what, very <laughs> pronounced, and they stretched it out. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That one, by the way, does not sit well with, uh, with Slap Slapley. No. Well, no, no, he doesn't like, he also doesn't like the Michael Jackson like, step down attack. He doesn't like any of them. Not what? He's put off by all of that. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> all right. What about this one? This one is just marked with three A's. Mm. So it's just marked A A A A A. So if I'll tell you what, if you have trouble with your car, I guess you can you can use this. It's triple A. Yeah. All right. Ah! All right. Yeah, I guess a little scared. I mean, that seems like there's some fear. Not a what lot. Are, what do you think? Like it, a little are, bit. If you if 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 you were walking down the street and you heard this, ah! well, <laughs> what would you think? I what mean, would I would think something's <laughs> happening. Like something's wrong. It doesn't sound like it's just someone screaming to scream. You know, like hey. Yeah. yeah. Uh, something, it sounds like there's trouble. Something yeah. happened. Yeah. Something. Happened. Yeah. 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 All right. But nothing about, like too much. Right. <laughs> yeah. I wouldn't. I'd be maybe a little bit. I would. Uh, I'd be a little alarmed, but not yeah. too alarmed. Not enough to stop what you're doing. Not enough to. Uh, I would go look. Yeah. But okay. y- you know, and then just assumed I'd have to go back to whatever I was doing. <laughs> How about? Well, we know this one too. This is one that we use pretty much regularly. Ah! That one. That's just very bored. Bored <laughs> that they've fallen off of yeah. whatever they've fallen off of. <clears throat> um, clearly, do, do you think this guy's dead? Because he, as soon as the, as soon as you hear that slap at the end, there's nothing afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like he's like he I'm hits imagining, something. I'm imagining it's a Looney Tunes esque thing where this is the, this is like the 550th time that they've fallen <laughs> off of whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. 
because it just hasn't whatever they were supposed to keep going or not you know it's kind of it like when it's go as we met the roadrunner thing it's kind of like the wily e. coyote falling off a cliff but then hitting the ground but mm-hmm. he never yelled did he never yelled did he he used to hold no. up signs no he held up signs that would say oh shit or something right, right. <laughs> yeah he was pretty silent for the most part yeah he didn't say anything um, but he did he, yeah. he, he he never had signs that said oh shit that would have been that would have been pretty funny that, i mean <laughs> practically yeah uh, all right, wait, wait. Here's yeah, he sounds like literally this is his job. Yeah, and he's <laughs> That's just clocking job. in. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like, like it's just a Tuesday. It's a Tuesday. Uh, he's did, well, clocking in. Strikes over. So <laughs> back to jumping off that edge onto those boxes. No, uh, uh, wooden boxes. That, wooden, like wooden boxes. boxes. Yeah. He's a pallet. He falls on a pallet. Let's there you go. Pallet. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A right. pa- one pallet. All right. <laughs> one pallet every time. <laughs> All right. How about this one? This is Scream Six Six. I don't even know. Was there? Have there been sixty six screams? I don't know. All right. Here's what it. Hmm. Here we go. Ready! <laughs> the. <laughs> I I I get a little fear, but it's more like oh, I just walked in and there was a spider on the ground. That yeah. That seems what it did, right? Ready! <laughs> yeah, or I or I'm in the shower, and well, the, yeah, bug flew. Wait, on this me. is you. This is you in Mexico, right? In the yeah, when I yeah when I yeah when I saw that scorpion. Scorpion, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. scorpion. Yeah, yeah. Well, for me, this would be me if I saw a scorpion. Ah! That would be me running into a into a wall, uh... <laughs> just like running. Not even looking, because I'm terrified of the scorpions that freak me out. And so that would be just me blindly running into a wall if I saw a scorpion. Oof, yeah. But yeah, but yes. Is... <laughs> That's pretty good, mm-hmm. though. That's pretty funny. All right. Uh, we got two more here. Uh, here's ah! right. Oh, that's just an Wait. echo. <laughs> that would they Wait, added is that reverb. A different one? Yeah, that one just. That <laughs> one's, they, they added reverb to that guy. But he didn't. Wait. It's the same guy. Wait, here. here. Ah! Okay, so, all right, now here's the same dude with with reverb, and he didn't hit a wall. Right. Okay, let's try it again. Ah! Right. He's just yelling into the void or into a hallway. And then he finds a hallway and runs into the Ah! wall. Right. That's what. That's what. Mm -hmm. Wow, but so I guess, and and I guess they can justify that being, you know, a separate sound effect just by adding reverb. Oh, oh of com- course. Oh, it's a completely yeah. different sound effect, dude. It's it a, is. What are you complaining reverb. about? Come on. <laughs> All right. What are and you talking the, about? I mean, yeah. reverb. I'm the king it's of different. reverb, man. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. It's here's a the whole last different one. Different thing. This is Scream Four. Well, that wasn't a very good movie. I didn't like that one as much as the other one. So, I, hey, hold on a second. There you go. Hold on. All right. You ready? Mm-hmm. Jeez. Okay. That's a little... That's. Uh, it sounds torturous. Yeah, it does. He's Something's going on with... It. Something's, they're, they're, they're doing something to this guy. Yeah. yeah. I I could see that in a in a scary Halloween setting. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It sounds like they just started. 
<laughs> wait, wait. Like, they just started torturing him. They just start. It's a fresh torture. Right. It's a fresh. These sound like fresh screams. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, so those are some of the other ones. And then, um, but now this is the actual guy, okay? This is the real dude. Mm-hmm. This is the classic, the one that when Gary and I played it t- over 20-something years ago, people were like, what the hell is this? This is the most ridiculous and I think hilarious sound effect ever. And this is just Screaming Guy from the Scary Sound CD from uh, PMG Halloween. So uh, here, here we go. Ah! <laughs> ah! <laughs> ah! Right. Ah! Now, remember, ah! I don't know if you remember, Esmeralda, this goes ah! on for like three minutes. Yeah. And then remember at one point, a whole group show up. Remember a whole group show up? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole story. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Starting to fade. Oh. At one point, it sounds like he needs more, 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 uh, more brand in his diet. At one point. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like right there, he starts to kind of yeah. just to wane. Oh, there it is. Oh. Also, this could just be a language that we've just discovered. Oh, there it is. Yeah. And he was calling out, calling out to his friends. And then they all left him. Right. So he called them. They showed up, and then they left. And now he's sad again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, man. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that's the that's the brand part. That's where he needs more brand. Mm-hmm. That that one before the last one sounded he was like on a tightrope. Like, (laughs) losing his balance a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, that was quite Uh, a journey. Yeah. So that's it. Now, you have to, you have to understand that when, when when we first played this on the radio, like a 50,000 watt radio station, we played this thing and it was like two o'clock in the morning and the phone calls that we got, people were bitching. They're like, Hey, and then we played it like three or four times. And also, I mean, people, they are just screams. People were people were calling up and saying, "My goddamn cat is going crazy!" You know, like the cats were going crazy. Dogs yeah. were like, "What the fuck?" I you can know, see that. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, that's the guy. Ah! So we all know him. Um, but he's mm-hmm. the classic. I'd be curious. And, yeah, who's the man behind the scream? That's the thing. You know, I've always wanted to know who is the dude screaming. That's like I I I want to know if this guy does yeah. any other voice work. Or, or if this is his, <laughs> this is his triumph. You, may, you have heard him on things <laughs> yeah. such as Screaming Guy for PMG <laughs> Halloween. That's right. Uh, so, so okay. So that's Screaming Guy, which we will analyze even further at Zany's. Uh, and mm-hmm. I want to get, I want to get Andrea's thoughts on it as well. And I know we can talk about it and, and get the audience's thoughts on what's the story behind this guy. So, but now, as well, it wouldn't be Halloween with a little bit of this. Oof. It's He's got partially. them stored up. He does. Wait, wait a minute. 
Oh. He's doing it to himself, too. Yeah, it's, his own, it's his own fault. He can't eat Taco Bell before he goes to, you know, before dawn. You can't eat Taco Bell. That's, that's yeah, a lesson. I think that's that. true for, for everybody. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but so this is Count Fartula. And, of course, we have Fartenstein. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. this is these are little stuffed dolls that I discovered at Walgreens a bunch of years ago. If you squeeze their finger or pull their finger, they fart. So here's this is Count Fartula. See, to me, this is the epitome of intelligence and and brilliant comedy. Oh um, yeah. So here's no, here's, he's uh, he's a genius. He's a comedic genius. <laughs> Wait. Sink your teeth into that. Ooh, see, sink your teeth into that. Ugh. Mm. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Most of like, what are you eating? Because you don't eat. You're a vampire. Right. <laughs> That's the thing. Like, did, it's did, different blood yeah. giving you. I'm assuming. The stomach. Like, the, the night, the night, like, the person that he sucked the blood out of enjoyed a little Chipotle before. Uh... Yeah, I guess so. I mean. Oh, see, garlic. The garlic? Uh, he he's not supposed garlic. to have garlic. It'll kill him. That'll oh. Garlic will kill him. He can't have I'm garlic. I'm assuming he's eating just enough, and it just makes him gassy. Because <laughs> there is a limit to the garlic that Dracula can have before he dies. I guess Other- so. <laughs> Otherwise, it makes him gassy. Yeah. It's, again, then the fine line, gassy <laughs> to death, is very... <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, though, sometimes you don't know if you're going to die when you got the indigestion or the heartburn. Oh, man. Right? Ah, right, uh, uh, the wind beneath my wings. <laughs> See, Bette Midler fan. I wasn't aware that Dracula was a Bette Midler Who fan. Who isn't? Come on. <laughs> All right, this one. This is the last one here. Uh, smell my fear. There it is. Smell my fear. Why would he have fear? Supposed to be, he should be fearless, right? I mean, why yeah. would he have fear though? Like, yeah. of what? He's Dracula. That's true. That's true. He's Count Farchula. That's exactly he right. He doesn't have to be scared of anything. He's he gonna might live be, forever. Could be scared of this. <laughs> he could be scared of this place. Berwin. I don't know. That's kind of scary. Now this one just says creaky sound. Mm. And this is different than I think. This is different than the back door that Carrie Russell comes through. I think. Right. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Was that a compilation? That sounded like, to me, like someone trying to replicate the weird sounds and score at uh, uh, at the beginning of Texas Chainsaw. It sounds like the. It kind of sounded like there was people. Yeah, and it sounds like the opening to Texas Chainsaw. Have you seen Texas Chainsaw, the first one? I have not. It's, uh, well, if you're, I know you're not a big horror movie person because you'll be freaking yeah. out. That's a fucking no, scary movie. Yeah, and I've been, I've no, been, my, my, I've been turning my <laughs> girlfriend Julie, I've been turning, slowly turning my girlfriend Julie onto, onto horror movies. That is mm. not one, that is not one I will be sharing with her. <laughs> no. Oh, that not here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, that's Texas Chainsaw. That's Texas Chainsaw. And I, you, can kind, yeah. you can kind of hear a girl going, ah, in the background. Yeah, there's like, you can hear people, and then yeah. some of that isn't a creaky door anymore. <laughs> no, no, it just crosses a line into weirdness. It's it's getting it's getting to um, 
I'm amazed that um, if these get out into the mainstream, that some DJ isn't going to mix yeah. them into his yeah cut, you know, <laughs> for that yeah. Halloween show. Halloween, man. He's got to do a it. remix. Got to have this. See, that's his I own. mean, I could see, I could see a DJ using that. Yeah. Because there's those ones, there's those songs that, like, you know, they build them up, they build them up, and then they they play some weird clip, and then oh they, yeah, like the beat drops. Yeah. yeah. I could see Count Farchilla being. Did you ever have uh, to put put wacky sound effects together for Johnny B? No, he had a guy for that. Yeah, like he had a like a like a well, sure. He yeah, had 20, he had an audio he, guy. He had 27 <laughs> different audio guys. Um, yeah. For him. Yeah. Oh man, it must have been. Now, now, do you, did you work with Johnny during any Halloween activities? Did they do any Halloween activities? Do you remember when you were working with Johnny B? Um, I don't. You know, honestly, I don't think we did. No Halloween stuff, huh? Weirdly enough, you would think that Johnny would do that. None that I remember. <laughs> yeah. Don't. Oh man. All right. Well, now see. And you can't do Halloween. We've done all the major sound effects, the horror effects, the screaming effects. Count Farchula, who is still, you know, who is still here. Yeah. Sink your teeth into that. But now, Esmeralda, you know that I'm going to play your favorite thing right now. Do you know what that's going to be? Uh, I think I know. All right. Are you ready? Yeah. It's almost time, kids. The clock is ticking. Be in front of your TV sets for the horathon and remember the big giveaway at nine. Don't miss it. And don't forget to wear your masks. The clock is ticking. It's almost time. Happy Happy Halloween. Halloween. I know how much actually, you actually uh, posted a story of uh, someone playing Halloween three. Um, I'm it's gone now because it's you know stories on Instagram are only twenty four hours. Right. Um, but it's uh, someone playing Halloween three on CED video disc. I don't know if you remember those CED video disc. <laughs> Is it, yeah. Is it just so? Was it a CED? Oh, the so teeny, the t- those those mini discs. No. So no. this was like along the lines of laser discs. Oh, laser disc. Okay, so it was a okay. So it was kind of like that. <laughs> you um, it's an interesting thing where it's like a disc in a box, mm-hmm. but then you like push it into oh, right. the, the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. They're like laser discs, um, but you push it. You push it in like a, it's like there's a thing on the end that flips up, and then you push it in. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. this is this was a, a I posted the video of someone watching Halloween three mm-hmm. on that format on this giant like <laughs> old school TV. It had a screen um, over the 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 
the television screen to like make a, it bigger a different screen to, to amplify yeah, to it, then, to amplify that you, it. Right. like yeah that they right. like they cleaned the the actual tv and then they lifted this thing onto it it was very, yeah <laughs> i had never seen that like we had an old school tv but yeah this this was on, on, on yeah. another level no i mean that was t- that was high technology you were going to get laid yeah. if they had that you know what i mean like you bring a girl home and go look i got an ampl- i got an, uh, a magnifier in front of my uh in front of my tv baby I got, I got a, I was, what was it called? A CED disc? Yeah. CED video disc. So CED it's a video uh, disc and magnifier. Kappa, Kappa's, Kappacitance, Kappa's, I don't know how to uh, what, what? Uh, pronounce that. Kappacitance, 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 electronic <laughs> disc, CED. If anyone knows how to pronounce that. Help us Go out. Go to the voicemail, folks. Yeah, leave us a voicemail. <laughs> 773-417-6948 if you know what that hell that is. That's a weird. Capit- how to pronounce that, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there, was a, there was a time when you could actually rent those disc players from your video store. I, um, I mean, yeah. I mean, they got a... <laughs> and, and I would do that to copy movies. Now, now that I, th- I don't know. Oh. Like, mm-hmm. So the FBI, if the FBI is listening, they're going to bust in. Because oh, I, I remember I copied Escape from New York from one of those discs. Because oh, wow. it was it wasn't out on VHS yet, yeah. So I duped it from from this that CED disc thing, yeah. And I remember I was pissed because like when I was recording it onto my VHS when I was recording it, mm-hmm. um, uh, I, I think it was my my dad walked across the floor and the disc player was on the floor and it skipped like a record. It went. Oh no! Yeah. yeah. So the difference between these the video disc and a laser disc. Because yeah. they're both giant. Discs. Yeah, right, right. Um, is that the laser disc is red with a laser beam, and then the CED disc was red physically with a stylus. So it's oh, kind of that's like, why a, it skipped. like a like a record. Yeah, uh, that's why it skipped. Because I remember I had yeah. to start it over. I was about forty five minutes into the movie, and my dad walked across the floor and went, oh. and I was like, "What the fuck, man? It skipped." You're like, how dare you stomp around my CD? I got a, <laughs> somebody disc. gave me a laser disc of Christine mm. for Malcolm and the other two guys to sign it at flashback. So I have that right here. I'm, it's actually, I'm looking at it, it's like 20 feet away from me. And it's signed by Bill and by Steve and by Malcolm, the three guys from Christine who were at flashback this year. Nice. And it's, somebody gave it to me because they're like, I don't know, what the fuck am I going to do with a laser disc? And they, <laughs> they gave it to you me. You just so I gotta keep see. it. You I got it signed. And I got look it, at it. I got it signed by the guys. It's pretty, it's very cool. It's like right right next to my uh, Blackhawks lamp. <laughs> mm. It's pretty cool. You could buy a you could buy a a laser disc player on eBay. They're going for about eighty bucks used. Eighty dollars. So inclined. You know you could get a uh, you could get a Blu-ray yeah. player for twenty five bucks. They're charging eighty dollars for a la- I guess. Yeah, but of- you can't put a you can't put a laser disc in a Blu-ray player. <laughs> we can do with your no, whole you collection can't. of laser discs. It's funny because, like, I know Colin and Eric. You know Colin and Eric. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, they still have their laser discs. They've got like tons of them. They were like. And do they have a player? I'm assuming they got a player. I, they right? have to have one, I would imagine. I don't know if it still yeah. works, but maybe they're in the market for one. So we should tell Colin and Eric. Well, you eighty just bucks on go eBay. To eBay. <laughs> eighty bucks on eBay. There's them. some on here that are going for three hundred. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. That's a lot it's, of money for you It's know, a lot for an outdated piece for an of outdated, technology. Yeah, unbelievable, <laughs> man. Wow. 
All right. Yeah. So you do say this when you hear what? That's how much you three hundred dollars. That's yeah. what your reaction to a three hundred dollar laser disc player is. Wow. Oh, here's I'll another. To, I'll have to post the. I'll post the video again on the on the page so people okay. can look at the gloriousness the, that the is the gloriousness of the, the CED video disc. The CED <laughs> video disc. Uh, not only that, but with the the magnifying amplifier in front of the TV screen. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh man, that means you have to. And sit they're watching on a certain... Halloween three. And they're watching Halloween. Well, they're watching a great movie. I mean, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A legendary movie, but man, boy, did people hate that movie when it came out, Esmeralda. Oh, my God. I, I could understand. People hated that movie when it came out, and uh, and now people love it. Everybody finally caught up to how great it was. But when it first came out, everybody was like, I went with a group of people who wanted to kill me afterwards because I was like, oh, wow. it was awesome. And they were like, fuck you. There was no Michael Myers. There was no Jamie Lee Curtis. What the hell is this? I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'd be mad too. <laughs> but it's still awesome. But now people right. have actually there's a cult following to it that has gotten bigger, Oh bigger, yeah. Bigger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um we did a um, Halloween if you, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say if you want to get your uh CED video disc player, it's also around like $300. Man, oh man. I mean, I guess vintage. I sure. Guess. Well, you know what, man? <laughs> you know, like eight tracks made a comeback for a little while, remember that? And now uh Right. Do you remember right. cuz singles? I do. I had a few, yeah. yeah me too, man. Cause singles. There was just a single on a cassette. So it was like a three minute long cassette. <laughs> you think about that now, like, you know, with everybody's everybody you've got, you know, like millions of hours of music mm-hmm. on your Spotify on your phone. You could just go blink and press it. Yeah, but yet, it was just a lot. It was a lot for very little. Take the time to get a getting. cassette, to get one cassette and put it in the cassette player for a three minute song. Mm-hmm. Well, there's always a B-side. There's always That's true. a B-side. That's true. The, the old so B-side. So two songs. Man, oh man. But on a cassette, cause singles. I, you know who? I had like five. Uh, I collected Suzanne Vega singles. Because mm. I collect mm-hmm. a lot of Suzanne Vega stuff, as you know. Um, but but I remember having like, I had Luca on Kassingle. Uh I had uh, a bunch of her stuff. Solitude Standing I had on Kassingle. <laughs> Yeah, I'm telling you. That's what we need, the the old the old technology. I bet there are people out there though, and there are millions of people out there who probably have a room, you know, like a man cave that has all of that outdated weird technology that they yeah. use. Uh, I regularly. mean, clearly the fact that if you go on eBay, you can find it. Yeah. You can find people selling stuff. Yeah. God damn. All right, we should we should get we should uh, pool up some money and get some of this uh <laughs> Get some of this crazy. Let's get let's get it for Zanies. We'll just watch <laughs> Halloween three on C E D video disc. That's what we'll do. Everybody will show up and then we'll we'll bring out a screen magnifier in front of a fourteen inch TV screen. Yeah, we're just gonna bring the TV and we're like, you have to gather around everybody. I don't know what else to do. Because by the way, with that magnifier on it, you really have to sit at a certain angle. Otherwise you're not gonna be able to see it. Yeah. We're gonna have to drag that TV. Right. The giant the, the, piece of Remember the the console oh. TV where it would also yeah. had like it had like a stereo unit in it as well. You could open the little. It was a piece of it was a beautiful piece of wooden seventies furniture with a stereo in it and a giant screen. We didn't we didn't have that, but we did have the giant piece of furniture, furniture yeah. TV that was like wood. Yep, and it yep. was very pretty. And yep. and then we sep- separate we had a stereo system. Right. 
the we had whole that too. shebang in the yeah. middle and then the yeah. giant speakers on the sides. Yeah, we had that too. We had the glass that you hit with the it had a little magnet, you know? Right, you push on it to the and it opens up so you can get your records out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can and then the whole yeah, it was just a whole thing. It was a record. Yep. And then the other things, the and CD then, player. And then all ever, the yeah. All the cords were gathered through one hole in the back that you Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Those were the days right there. And man. the speakers were wood. They're wooden yeah. and then they had a cloth front. Right. They were quite nice. Very And nice. how about the wooden the wooden VCRs when the VCR was new? Uh, you the, mean the, wooden the fir- ones? They they looked they were fake wood. It was like it was like paneling to make it match your TV. You know what I mean? You wanted right. it to match your wooden furniture. So like the first uh, VHS player that we had probably cost like two grand. And I'm not kidding. It probably cost like two grand. No, yeah. I and think, it was yeah. a front loader, a top loader where you'd press the button. It would go, boom. You know, like any, <laughs> you'd have to use like to push the VHS in there and press it down. You'd have to use like, you know, like all of your strength. You'd have to have a couple of bowls of Wheaties before you'd press the play button. Yeah. You know. <laughs> Uh, made but you it work ma- for that movie. It made you, and it made you work for that movie. Is right, and then it like had a little like plastic cover that you would put over it, like a dust cover that you would. Uh huh. Yeah, because you know you don't want dust getting in there and messing it all up. <laughs> and it had a remote, but it was on a cord. And the only thing oh, that it did, right. the only thing that it did, as brother, was pause the, the 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 tape. That's it. That's all. Oh, uh, so when you put it in, it was like that's it. It's playing. that's it. You would plug it into the front of the VCR, and it was a cord. Well, how that would you rewind? It, you would have to get up and rewind. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. The only okay, thing that I it would do remotely, the only thing that it would do was pause. Like it, and it, and the cord Got wasn't it. long enough to, and the cord wasn't long enough to reach the fucking couch anyway. So you'd like, <laughs> so it was like this, mm. this. Oh, I got a remote. It's so cool. Yeah, I can pause the VC, the VHS. Yeah. But I only have to go halfway as far. Right, exactly. I can. I, I don't have to walk all the way to the TV, just halfway to oh, pause goodness. it. So, oh, man. Man, modern technology. Well, we won't have any of that. We'll, we'll, we'll have modern technology at, uh, at, at, at Rosemont, at Zanies. So <laughs> we'll celebrate all. And by the way, if you have stories about uh, Halloween and weird shit, we want to hear them. Uh, so come out to the podcast live. It's uh, Tuesday, October 24th, Zanies in Rosemont. Uh, tickets are on sale now. Rosemont.zanies.com. Andrea Darlis, my dad, Esmeralda, me, all on stage. We're giving away candy, and we're going to be giving away uh, some prizes if you answer some questions and all that cool stuff. So 7.30 p.m., October 24th at uh, Zanies in Rosemont. So, All right, so those uh, we'll be hearing from Count Farchula a couple of more times, you know, a few more times. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, the wind beneath my wings. Because he's still got to listen to the soundtrack of Beaches, evidently. Uh, so he, yeah, and he's just—I don't know—he needs to lay off whatever he's eating. It's true, it's true. So we'll hear from Count Farchula. We'll hear from the screaming guys and all that other crap as the uh, Halloween madness continues here on uh, the Nick D podcast. Esmeralda, thank you. You rule. Thank you. And we will see you on Tuesday. Dan Feinberg is going to join us uh, to talk oh. TV. Hollywood Reporter. He was a part of a big consensus of the top 50 television shows of the 21st century so far. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we're going to go down that list. Nice. So, and by the way, we're going to argue. I'm going to scream about it because The Wire is not number one, which, of course, is horseshit. So, <laughs> I'm curious what the, the whole thing comes You'll out to. You'll have to tune in. I'm, I'm, I'm curious what the last one is. Number 50? Like, what's the one where they're just like, terrible? <laughs> well, terrible, but still 50. 
You know what I mean? Like yeah, but 50. still fifty. That's yeah. I mean that's a long way down. Yeah, I know what it is. I know what it is. I'll tell you because mm. uh, I want people to listen. But I'll tell you after we right. stop recording, as well. I'll tell you what it is. After yeah, we tell stop me recording. the whole list right now. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you can tune in on Tuesday, uh, the Tuesday's episode for that. That'll be uh, episode number one eighty one eighty four. That'll be that episode. Yeah, right. Yeah, I don't know what the hell is going on. But anyway, uh, so yeah. Anyway, hey, uh, be a part of the Nick D podcast. Leave your voicemail 247-773-417-6948. Drop us an email, nickdpodcast at gmail.com. You want to be a sponsor uh, like uh, Brian uh, Alaspa's uh, Devoured, a terrific book. Uh, You can be a sponsor as well. Sales at radiomisfits.com. We'll get you on here. Jason Skaggs does all the music and the sound and the themes. Ed does everything else. Rate and review us on all the platforms. And we'll see you next time uh, on uh, the Nick D podcast. Thanks. The wind is red on me.